Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Mona. I am a compulsive overeater and your leader for this meeting. Hi, one more time. Please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Before we begin to, before we begin, we ask that you turn off your cell phones or other electronic equipment be turned off. Even if you think it's off, please check again. And the opinions expressed here today are those of OA members and do not represent Region 2 or Over, Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. Uh, uh oh, did I skip Am I skipping a page? What? Okay. Uh, members are, are reminded when sharing to speak to your recovery in the program of Overeaters Anonymous only. I don't know if I'm supposed to read this or... And, okay, to protect your anonymity, no photograph, audio, or visual recording is allowed. If there is a press in the room, please do not take any unauthorized pictures or identify anyone using their full name. And there will be an audio recording of this workshop which you may pur purchase outside in the foyer. I will show, share for 20 minutes, followed by five minutes of ask it, ask it questions, finishing up with open sharing. The topic for today is abstaining like your life depends on it. And let's begin with a reading from for today, page 77. I don't... I, don't know where that is. <laughs> okay. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And this is from March 17th. Um, oh, I got one. Abstinence is as easy for me as temperance is difficult. Samuel Johnson. Decided I'm going to have a binge tonight and then quit is like saying I'll be green-eyed today and go back to being blue-eyed tomorrow morning. As crazy as that sounds, it's what I did before I came to OA. Against all the evidence, I thought I could handle an occasional pig out, as many non-compulsive people do. I stubbornly refused to recognize the difference between myself and the normies. I could not stop. As 1OA put it, first there was the Friday night eating all you want plan, which quickly became the weekend plan, which quickly slopped over into the Monday and Tuesday, which then allowed, which then swallowed up the entire week for today. As a compulsive overeater, it is far easier for me to abstain from overindulgence in food than to try to become a normal binger. Amen to that one. Thank you for allowing me to use your book. Uh, once again, I'm going to say, I am Mona. I am a compulsive overeater. Good morning. You know, when I think about how abstinence has changed my life 
not only did it change my life, it has given me a life I never knew I wanted. I used to, isolation is a big part of my disease, you know, so I never partook in life. I would miss family events. I was a compulsive person who dressed, changed my clothes, oh God, 10 times. And, and the reason why I say that, because I didn't notice it until after I had gone through all the frenzy, looking in the mirror and dressing and redressing and, you know, trying to make me look right. But it wasn't about looking right. It was about feeling right, because I never felt good in the body that I was in when I was, my top weight was 213 pounds. Um, I've been in this program since February 2000. I have, uh, my last recommitment date, because I've had a few, was May 10, 2009. I maintain around a 60-pound weight release, and I sponsor on all levels. You know, and that's, that's what keeps me abstinent today, to do service and to work with others. That ensures me another day of recovery. Um, but getting back to changing my clothes, you know, it's, it's like, oh, my God, and then, then the day would be over. You know, and then I'd be all upset because I missed the event. You know, and then I'd get sad. And what would I do? Eat. My TV for me was like the Valium with a plug in it. Uh, before they had the, you know, like where you can record and everything. Well, then, as soon as the commercial came on, it was like the cue. You know, get up, go to the bathroom get another goodie, come back around, you know, sit down, eat it, and then the commercial will come on again. Ah, go to the valley, go around. You know, it, it took me years to create the table in front of me where I could just put everything. <laughs> but, you know, it took me years before I realized I could chop up all my stuff in one thing and have it there and just measure it out. And I was like, I bitch and moan, excuse me, I would complain about having to prepare my food because I um, follow three, three meals with nothing in between, one day at a time. And I refrain from certain substances. And I had to laugh because it took me forever. I was thinking, oh, man, this is like, oh, oh, you know, and, and, you know, and gradually over time I said, you know, oh, Bonnie, you just do this, and oh, you could do this, and you can have this ready, and just you, you can freeze up things and take, put them in the uh, freezer and take them out when you're in a hurry. Because that one one time I did have a full time job, but now I'm retired, living the life of luxury. <laughs> you know what? And that I can, and that I'm living a life because I can get around. I'm living a life because I'm not ashamed that people are looking at me because you know it's all about me, selfish and self centered. That's what this disease does for me. I'm selfish and self-centered, and I cannot, I have tunnel vision, and I do not see the people around me. I think I'm only hurting myself. No. Anybody who loved me suffered with me. Anybody who, who saw me, you know, and had any kind of compassion knew my pain, knew my pain. Just as we see a newcomer walk in the door, we know how you feel because we've all been there. You know, but thank God we have a place that shows me that there is a solution. Thank God 
they showed me that I had a disease. I was extremely overweight as a child and all the way through, and then when I went from grammar school to um, public school, the extreme nature around my food, the behavior was already shown. I went from a woman's size 18 all the way down to a size zero. And that was just from refraining during the summer because I didn't no longer want it to be the joke. I no longer want it to be, you know, where they would make fun of me, you know, because kids are cruel. They're downright cruel. You know, let alone some adults are too. <laughs> you know, but today I don't have to live like that. Today I realize that without my recovery, I have no life. I'll go right back into that dark place. And you know, I make things up as I go along. And the more I isolate, the more I keep it up here, the bigger it gets. The bigger it gets. You know, I, I think everybody's looking at me, or they notice, oh God, they notice. They notice, oh, I'm putting on weight, or you know, especially when your clothes don't fit you. You know you're putting on weight, so you know other people are noticing. You know, but it's, so then I would say, well, I just won't go, or I'm going to wait till I lose weight before I see him again, like that was going to happen. You know, today um, it is absolutely, positively a necessity for me to hold on to my program and to participate in it every day. To ha I lack structure and discipline. I am a runaway child running wild. You know, you give me a you give me an inch, I'm taking the mile. You know, and I'm gonna tell you that shiny and bright would always stir me off the course because I would say I'll start Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And you know and like they said it in the reading, and then all of a sudden the week was gone by and did we do anything? No. You know, um, I used to compulsively weigh myself, too, for quite a while. You know, like, that was going to change. You know, like I think, you know, I, I was the only one in the doctor's office who wanted to get naked in the hall while they weighed me because, you know, every single thing mattered. Every little thing mattered. Let me take out my ring, my hair, ah! you know, and I'd freak out. You know, today I just go up and I say, you know what? It is what it is. If I don't like it, I know what to do. If I don't like it, I know what to do. Today, I have a choice. Choice. It's not always and forever, and it's never going to change. I have free will. And I believe my higher power sends me everything I need, and that my answers are already here. I have to be ready to receive them. I have to be willing to do the work. I have to be humble to become teachable. Thank God that people come back, you know, come back to show us the way. The first thing I felt in the rooms of um, Overeaters Anonymous was hope. It was hope. You know, and that there was hope for me. The one person, the one lady that gave me... Uh, my, the ability to stay in the rooms. Um, she was just mean old, grouchy, the old whatever. And you know, and she wasn't very nice to be around. 
She was miserable and unhappy being in the body that she was in. And over time, I saw her make this transformation. This inside out, not outside in. There's a difference. And I asked her, what are you doing? And she said, I'm going to Overeaters Anonymous. You know, there, we have meetings here and there and everywhere. But anyway, she did help me get into the rooms. And she's no longer here. You know, she's no longer, uh, she chose to go back to the old behavior. The old behavior that makes her miserable, unhappy, feeling unloved. Because I know, I know if you're anything like me and if you have a problem with food, you feel unloved, untouchable, and that it's never going to change. Today, take a good look at me, honey. It has changed. It has changed. Inside out, not outside in. This program, like I said, um, I need never be alone as long as I have the fellowship of Overeaters Anonymous. I have my family of intention today. And I don't even know, like, you know, I can come up here and I can tell you how my life was, and I don't even know your names. I see your badges, but, you know, I'm willing to tell you my inside out. And I know you understand, because I know how you feel, because we, sh we have that common bond that we struggle with our behavior around food, whether it goes over or under. But that's, that's the disease. It's extreme. It's, it's extreme. You know, so today, um, we don't need to be in the extreme. We can be in the middle together. And that's how we do this. We do it together. Together, we get better. You know, in our first step, it says we. It doesn't say I. It doesn't say me. It says we. And today, I've learned that. You know, that without you, I will not have my abstinence. So I need to be of service to you because I believe that's the purpose of my life. That's the only reason why we're here. God isn't going to call me on the phone. He isn't going to send me a wire or whatever. He talks to me through you, and I am able to speak what he needs to say to me. But I always find it amazing because as he speaks through me, he talks to me because a lot of times when I tell my sponsors something, you know, like they're frantic or whatever, and I'll say, honey, you know, just pause, breathe, pray, look down, be where your feet are. You are where you're supposed to be. And they go, <laughs> but they do it. And, you know, no sooner we're done and I'm going along my day, and something happens, and I'm going, <laughs> I'm getting all crazy, and then, then I hear my voice. Mona, pause, breathe, pray. And then I laugh because I think, oh, my higher power, he has such a sense of humor. And today I can laugh at that. And today I have the awareness because I am no longer practicing in my disease. What cuts me off 
from that clarity of mind. I need that clarity of mind in order to know what to do, to do the next right thing. I need to know what God's will for me is because that's how I live the abundant life he has for me. Without it, with my food, I get in, I get in the chaos, the drama, and I don't live life, and I'm usually alone. Today, I choose not to be alone because I can't keep it unless I give it away. I have to trust, trust my higher power, clean house, and work with others. That's my prescription for recovery and for abstaining because without it, honey, we don't have a life. If you're anything like me, without it, you do not live a life. You just exist. You know, today, uh, when I go into meetings, I say, you know, good to see you. And somebody will say, it's good to be seen. It's good to be seen. Loving arms, loving voices, you know, just that energy, you know, because we have that common bond. You know, if you need, if I needed something, somebody's going to help me. If I need, need to, to ask something, they're going to give me the answer. And if they don't know, they'll say, wait, I'll get back to you. Let me ask my sponsor. And if she doesn't know, they'll say, it goes right up the chain. Let me ask my sponsor, my sponsor, my sponsor. You know, who does that? It's just like the family tree. You know, the family tree. Because this is your family of intention, if you want it to be. You need never be alone. Because this disease tells me that I am alone, unlovable, and untouchable. And that's how, I, that's how I used to live my life. You know, I just existed. You know, I was a doormat. I settled for less because I, I thought I was less. You know, I used to say, oh, something's better than nothing. Oh, honey, I got news for you. <laughs> Nothing's better. <laughs> Nothing is better. And today I don't need anything except my higher power and my abstinence because that's how I show him, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for this body that I'm in. How can I believe that you make junk? You know, when I am, I am made in your image, we are human beings having the spiritual experience. You know, as they say, um, namaste, the spirit in me salutes the spirit in you. Because if everybody could look at each other like that, how good the world would be. Just like I used to think, oh, everybody needs a 12-step program. You know, but that ain't going to happen. There's, there's very few of us. Trust me. If you come in and you stay, you are blessed. You are blessed because there are very few of us that come in and stay and get the results and stay to give it away. You know, today, that, that's your mission, honey. You're blessed. And when you start to believe that you are blessed, then that's when your life will become blessed. Because it has happened for me. Like I said, I'm living a life I never knew I wanted. I live a, a life of recovery because that is necessary for me to maintain my life. 
Sometimes, I'm not going to lie, I put my finger on that old forget button. I'm too busy to go to meetings, and it's too dark, and it's too cold, and oh, I don't really feel like talking to her. Mm. You know, oh, honey, trust me, got to get up and do my thing, because that's, those are the things that keep me obstinate. And then when I take my finger off the button, I go, oh, 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 yeah, yeah, better get my fanny to a meeting. Better see my people, you know. I better go and be loved and be with my family of intention. So, like I said, you know what? <sighs> Abstinence is a gift, but nothing is free. Do the work, people. It will change your life. Thank you. Okay. I will now draw questions from the Ask It basket. And don't you worry, because if I don't have the answer, my sponsor's right there. <laughs> okay. Or you can just, or we can just move right on to the sharing, because sharing is caring, and sharing is your recovery, if there's no questions. Or you can just ask me. <laughs> can we just move right along? Okay. You guys are good. Yes. Can you just um, talk about your understanding of the difference between abstinence and food plan in your recovery? Abstinence is my food plan. Abstinence is my food plan. Uh, you know, like I said, whatever works. For me, I need to refrain from certain foods. For me, I need to have three meals with nothing in between because I'm a grazer. If I, I had a drink in one hand and something in my mouth. You know, and so I never felt hunger pains. And when I came into the rooms, oh, honey, my stomach used to go, ah, ah, like, feed me, feed me. You know, because I never knew what they were. Because every time it just went, eh, I'd feed it. Because I thought that that's what it, it was. You know, just like being bored, I didn't know what to do. So what, what would I do? I'd eat. You know, so yes, I, I, abstinence is my food plan. I hope that answered it for you. Yeah. Anyone else? Just open forum. Come on, people, don't be shy. I don't know if you have a family or you live with anyone, whatever. So how do you handle your food and your needs for having a meal if they don't coincide with other people? You know, like somebody else wants to eat. I say this is equal opportunity center. Every person for themselves. <laughs> no, I, I have a husband, two dogs, and two cats. But when I first came into program, I was single. And I spent a lot of time with my daughter and my grandchildren. And we used to go to L.A. to Disneyland because that's where they lived. And we had season passes. Oh, my God. I'd look all over and I can't eat dinner. You know, because I didn't realize that I can go any place and say, I want this. I, didn't, I only saw what was on the menu. See, that it takes me a while. I only saw what was on the menu, and I used to be frantic. And then pretty soon they just say, well, sorry, Mom, we've got to eat. And I'm like, what? You know, not, 
like I said, it comes with time. It took me a long time to realize that I can make everything in one little bucket and then just measure it out from there instead of chopping up everything every time. <laughs> Don't ask me why, but uh, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, um, those are my needs, how um, I take care of myself. If I pack my own food to go somewhere, you know, that was necessary. Um, my first month in uh, program, I didn't eat out. I didn't eat out because I said, I need to get this under my belt. My first 30 days, what you do in your first 30 days is what's gonna, your foundation for what you're going to do later on. You know, you're getting a real strong foundation there. So like I, I didn't, and I think that really, really helped my uh, program. You know, and I went to the three meetings, I did just like they told me. So, okay. You're welcome. Could you, could you explain more about the restaurant and you, uh, you can ask for things that aren't on the menu? Oh, not aren't on the menu, but I mean like I could say, well, I only want this, no sauce. I just want steamed, no um, stuff on, you know, plain, plain Jane. That's what I want. You know, if they can't accommodate me, I'll go to some other restaurant. But usually they're very accommodating. You know, it's learning how to read, read and ask questions. Ask questions. See, and I used to be all shy in that. You know, oh, I can't, I don't want to be a bother. Oh, baloney. Now I get up there and I just say, hey, I want this. And they say, okay. So, it's, you know what? Ask. Ask is ass-saving kit. <laughs> when I go grocery shopping, I look at things that I know my husband would like to have. But it is really what's behind it is, is what I really want. And it's, it's so hard to keep those things separate. Mm -hmm. Who knew we could do that, huh? I said, who knew we could do that? And have it be accepted by Yes. Yeah. Oh, I, I have a husband that eats really bad. Really bad sometimes. And oh, Okay, with that, thank you for allowing me to be a service. Thank you. Oh, what else do I do? <laughs> oh, and now is the time for open sharing. Please come to the podium if you would like to share and sign the recording form. Please stick to the topic and the timer will remind you at three minutes. Okay, I think there's a, it's just here in the book. So, podium is now open, don't be shy.
Hi, I'm Colleen, a compulsive overeater. Um, thank you, Mona. Um, you know, it's something that's been talked about um, is going out to eat and how hard that can be for some of us. And when I, I'm very, I don't like to, when I go out to eat, um, I don't like to make any changes. I don't want to make anybody mad. You know, that's the way I, I was before program. There's still some of that in me. But even my mom, who's not in program, said, you know what, Colleen, all you have to do is tell them I have dietary restrictions. And they don't ask any more questions, and it's true. Once you say that, um, one time I had to ask um, this, the, wait, the waiter was trying to, I was telling him I wanted um, something healthy, you know, versus the something um, not on program that the meal came with. And he, we literally probably took five minutes going back and forth. He was trying to talk me into the unhealthy item, and I said, no, I need, you know, this. And um, the old me would have caved in and said, okay, you know, but I knew I couldn't have that on program, so that helped. But anyway, I just wanted to share that, that diet, saying that's helped for me, just to say I have dietary restrictions, can I do this instead of that? It seems simple, but for me that was huge, and I just wanted to share that. Thank you. Hi, I'm Linda, compulsive overeater. And I was thinking about this um, since we're on the subject of eating out. Um, if you haven't done it, go with your sponsor. You know, um, I've had sponsees go eat with me, and like, so what do you eat when you go out? And I'm like, there's always something that we can eat when we go out, and that was um, it was. Um, good to go out with people in program and I think that's a good way to practice going out to eat if you're not sure about you know going with family or something yet um, I remember when I was first in when I first came into program and I started to go out to eat with my husband and I brought my scale <laughs> and he's like what are you doing <laughs> and I'm like I'm weighing my food and I don't have to take my scale now, you know, like it's kind of, I get an eyeball thing and I don't like to eat like that all the time, but you know, I can do that when I go out and I'm comfortable and I, I know what is good. I know what I can't have. I know what triggers me, you know, so, um, it's easy, you know, don't make it so complicated and make it, you know, make it just go easy on yourself and yeah. What is the subject of this one? Um, abstaining like your life depended on it. Yes, going to any lengths. And um, yeah, I'm I'm with you there. So anyway, I just I just had that thought about eating out, and you know, it's doable, very doable. Thanks. Compulsive overeater. Thank you, Mona. And I, I just wanted to share that this morning, um, I drove in from Livermore. That's about 40 minutes, um, and um, I had brought my breakfast and my lunch because I've signed up for dinner here, 
And I went out at breakfast time to the car, and I couldn't find the breakfast that I planned, that I wanted, that's what I wanted. And I'm a little embarrassed to say I do carry, still, at least currently, I still carry, I carry, you know, prepared bars in the car and stuff like that. And um, I went to look, and there was one oatmeal bar, and I found an apple. And I just had those, and I did, because usually, I'll tell you, usually this would be, okay, I'm going to go to the restaurant, I'm going to have breakfast, you know, it'd be like a big excuse. And But I just said, you know, I'm not going to starve till lunch, and I'm going to have this apple and this one bar, and it's okay. And um, that feels really different. And also I had to let go of the uh, another thing where um, I really, I kind of got up very early, five, and got and worked really hard to get here by six for a meditation group, and there it wasn't happening. At at six the door was locked. I waited till six thirty, and it still wasn't happening. And um, to be quite honest, even at conventions or OA things or whatever, um, I I can get mad <laughs> inside. You know, like well, it was advertised, and you know, but I. I just said, don't, you know, just let it go. And someone gave me a great suggestion. I went across the street and walked all through the parking lot. It was really lovely with trees and flowers and birds. And so, thanks. Hi, I'm Mark. I'm crazy with food. Hi, Mark. Hi. Um, What's come up for me in, uh, lately is uh, I realized I had a huge amount of social anxiety about people judging me for the amount, the measured amounts of food that I eat on my plate, and I started getting really agitated about waiters who would come over because I'm just eating a small amount of this, a small amount of that, asking me if the food's okay, you know, and you know what's wrong? Can I bring you something else? And you know, suggesting a lot of things which are maybe not appropriate for me. And, uh, and then in family, I found uh, at some point I was, like, isolating and withdrawing from um, doing uh, events which included food with family because, again, my mother, you know, she would be pushing food on me, and you know, just setting that boundary. Um, and I, it's taken a while, you know, that I'm more comfortable just doing it. But for a while... I was just totally freaked out about it, and um, I felt very isolated. So um, I, I do bring a scale sometimes, and I do have measuring cups that don't look like measuring cups, <laughs> little um, plastic takeaway containers that are have measures on the side or a little small that I know that's the right amount of food. And so um, just taking those tools, like someone else said, you know, dietary restraints. It's amazing the magic in those words that a lot of people understand that in the hospitality industry, and so that's made it easier for me. And um, it's usually what's in between my ears that's stopping me from doing what I need to do. It's not other people. The, uh, the world is amazingly indifferent, 
and you know it's uh, ego deflating to realize that everyone is not staring at what I have on my plate. Um, but I had to figure that out through experience, and it's great to be with people who understand. Hi, I'm Juanita, compulsive overeater. Hi. Um, a couple things. Thank you, Mona, for your share. I, I really got uh, something out of that. Pause, pray, and this is what I heard. Look down where your feet are and be there. So um, that was very helpful, and thank you all for sharing. I think the um, from the reading where it talked about being a normal eater, and um, that's what I want to be. I want to be a normal eater. I want to be able to binge and do all that thing and then get back to my regular food plan. But over the many years that I've been out, that doesn't work for me. And this time I came back with a lot of uh, health issues that I have to address. And I'm comfortable now saying I'm diabetic and I can't eat that, you know, and usually that, um, that gets me what I want. And um, about the food plan versus, the, for, versus abstinence, for me, abstinence doesn't change. I get uh, three meals a day, and I, for me, it's three meals a day and two optional snacks. And I usually have the same thing for snacks, which is uh, a small pre-measured um, nuts of some kind, usually almonds. And that's my abstinence. My food plan changes in that I can, uh, the foods that I eat within that change. You know, like sometimes what I have is red light and yellow light foods. Most people, a lot of people say if you have yellow light, you're still trying to manage the food. But for me, I have yellow light foods. So those change in and out, you know, but... The red light foods I stay away from, and, and basically my yellow light foods uh, are sugar-free. I don't eat concentrated sugar. That's definitely red lights, but I do use um, uh, sugar-free foods, and that's, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Thanks for listening. <laughs> I'm Nancy, compulsive eater. Um, when I first uh, got more serious about this program, I realized that my problem was more the compulsive eating behavior and not necessarily the foods. Because I would, you know, eat standing up, I would eat uh, half of my meal when I was preparing it just by, you know, tasting it and adjusting it and tasting it some more. And um, so working on those behaviors has really helped because I, um, I have to have more of an intention of sitting down to have my meal and then putting down my fork and chewing my food more thoroughly instead of just gobbling it and being done because then I, I can't really feel how satisfied I am. If, I'm, if I eat slower, then it has time to settle and I don't eat as much. 
which is really th thrilling to know that I can leave food on my plate because that's not something that has been part of my pattern. So um, being, listening to my sponsor and listening to what observations my husband makes about my eating behavior has is really starting to come together and make a difference. So keeping my ears peeled for valuable information has really been helpful. So thanks. Mona, are we supposed to sign this? Yes. Uh, reminder, those of you that shared, please sign the form, the release. Yeah, it's the left page. We're supposed to use this. Um, my name is Mark, and I'm abstinent today. And I have 12, at least 15 years in the program. The first 12 were in Connecticut, where I lived. And I had just been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, and I thought, I've got to do something about that. I don't want to have this. It'll get worse. So a psychologist I was seeing suggested, oh, I know, <laughs> I said this in a, in a session, and he said, that's step one. I said, what are you talking about? He said, you just said you can't do this alone. And I said, yeah. He said, that's step one. I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, there's 12-step programs. And you might be interested in Overeaters Anonymous. I have one of their cards here. I'll give it to you. You might want to call them. So that's how I first heard about the program. But I was stubborn. I was measuring my blood sugar every morning when I got up, like I was supposed to, and thinking that was good. Um, but I certainly wasn't losing weight. I was going to a meeting or two a week, and that was good. <laughs> But I wasn't losing any weight in 12 years. So when I moved out here, it never even occurred to me to look into OA because I knew, one, it didn't work for me. In fact, most of the people in, in the program back there didn't seem to be losing weight either. So I was seeing a psychologist again. That's the one continuous thing I've been smart enough to do. Um, and at one point, she said, um, I've been thinking about what you've been talking about, being so upset with yourself and, you know, feeling like you're fat and all that. 
she said. And so I talked to somebody I know who knows something about 12-step programs. I thought that might work for you. She said, so you should go to two meetings a week and get a sponsor. It wasn't just this vague thing, right? Here's a card. So I did. And somehow... I was ready. Oh, well, maybe the fact that I also had a heart attack in between and a few other things, a few other things. And the doctor, starting with the very first diagnosis 24 years ago, had said, well, if you could get down to 180, I was 240 or so at the time. He said, maybe you wouldn't need the meds. They're not so many. You'd kind of have it under control. Anyway, so uh, I did. And I go to four meetings a week. And I've had the same sponsor the whole time. And I write down my food every day. Um, I carry the work, the little notebook with me that I write it in um, all day long. Whenever I eat, I eat my food plan is four small meals a day. And that works pretty well for me because if I'm only going four hours in between instead of like, you know, from noon to six or seven, the blood sugar would just... Not, not be good. So this really works, and I can be abstinent. I mean, it never occurred to me in those first, really, certainly the first 12 years, or then even the first two years in the program, when I was using the tools hard, and, and they worked, and I lost 50 pounds, even without going back to the steps. But it's an amazing program, <laughs> and uh, I can see that you all think so, too. Name is Gary Food Addict. And you know, I've got to start by saying this. Never, ever would I ever have thought or think that I would be standing at a podium and saying, I am a food addict. Why? Because my whole life I've always been skinny. You know, 15 years after high school, I went to a doctor and said, hey, doc, why, why don't I gain weight? He said, why do you want to gain weight? I said, well, I just know I eat and eat and eat, and you know, I, I don't gain no weight. You know, the majority of my life, with the exception of this, uh, I guess I have to now say, disease, is in order. I, 97% of what, what, I, what I learn when I go to meetings, I, I cannot relate to. But the fact that I cannot stop eating qualifies me. And at this point, I'm not going to deny it, but I, this really, what I'm, what I'm saying is just, just a big appreciation. Everything I've, I've heard in these last few days has been uh, uh, overwhelming and absolutely... Uh, you know, encouraging. You know, like Mark was saying, you know, some people say they go out with their measuring devices. And, and here's what I've learned in, in these last few months in reading. Society has been duped. Duped in the sense that, you know, we may eat something for years and think we're not being affected. Next thing you know, you're standing up and saying, I have type 2 diabetes. And that's how society has been duped. Just because you eat something for years and you think you're not affected, give it time. Been there, done that. I, uh, I'm in the process. I I'm a, was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, but I'm, I'm learning that that can be reversed. I'm in the process of doing that right now, and, and it's working. You know, and I tried to do it by myself, and uh, this is my first conference, and i got to say I, I'm just I'm overwhelmed. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur, and, and one of the things that I, I was doing for years and still do, and now I'm, now I'm going to have to back off is taking my clients out to dinner to lunch, to breakfast. Why? Because I can write it off. But I can't do that anymore. And I'm, I'm willing to uh, 
you know, surrender that, make the changes necessary. And I told my wife uh, the other night, I said, uh, man, you know what? I feel like I'm safe when I'm home. Once I leave the door, I'm open game. You know, however, the facts are the facts. You know, and, and what I've learned is, you know, if you do nothing, you should expect nothing. So with that, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attack this thing. And, uh, you know, I thank you all for being here.